0: And as we talked about that last week we we asked God to 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 work in our hearts. Uh, anybody anybody ever have a weird dream? Does anybody ever have strange dreams? Um well, well I had a strange dream uh last week and it's really, you know, I we we asked God to reset our hearts and then 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 last week I I had this dream and I know that that probably none of you have had this dream before. Now, we've all had those where we, we find out that we're in school and we forgot to get dressed, or we're in school and we forgot our locker number or the combination. You know, we, We've had those kinds of dreams. But, but I'm betting none of you have had a dream like this. If so, we need to talk because I need to figure out what's going on in, in my heart here with this. So, so I don't have to make these things up. They just happen. It's just the way it is. So, so I had this dream, and we were getting ready to go somewhere. And I realized that I had a full head of hair. I'm not making this up. It was brown. It was really thick. And I realized I, I had this full head of hair. And because I'm not used to that, it wasn't combed. It was mess it was I feel for some of you guys, this must be how you wake up in the morning. Your hair's everywhere. It was sticking up. It was going every which way. And so I, I like stopped. I mean I, I I don't know. Dreams are weird. I wasn't too shocked that all of a sudden I had a full head of hair. I just knew I needed to do something with it before we left. So I run to the bathroom and had my second realization. I don't have a comb or a brush. Now my, now, my wife does, but apparently that didn't occur to me in my dream. So I'm running around, and I forgot where I finally find a brush. And then I'm brushing my hair. I haven't done that in a really long time. And and had my third realization. Before the cow licked it all off, he left a few cow licks on there. It was, I would brush it, and it was sticking up. And then I remembered as a kid, I had like three big cow licks uh, on my head. And and I am, I am, hey guys, I, I can feel for you now. I, I've had the dream. I couldn't get my hair to do a thing. It doesn't have anything to do with the message. I just thought it was an interesting dream. Um, now, when you have weird dreams like that, you know, you, you're going, what was I thinking when I went to bed? You know, what did I eat? You know, uh, no more anchovies on pizza or, you know, whatever that is, and, it was just a just an all around really strange dream I, I woke up and and actually to my delight I did not have a full head of hair I didn't have to go find a comb or a brush and the cow licked it all off again there's no other cow licks uh, uh, up there and and you know we 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 began by asking God to reset our heart this week we're going to ask God to reset our minds and 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 really you know I, I don't know if you guys think about uh Maybe I think too much sometimes. Other times, I probably don't think enough about things. But, but, how, why do we end up doing the things that we do? How is it that that we have you ever done something and as soon as you did it, you're like, "Where'd that come from?" What, guys? We have this probably more than our our, our spouses, our wives. But when you say something and as soon as you said it, you're like, "That was stupid." What? Why did I say? It? I'm sorry. We didn't say stupid in our house around the kids. Sorry, guys. Um, that, that wasn't smart. You know, where, where did that come from? And, and so we began by asking God to, to change our hearts. Our hearts, that's our desires. That's our, our want-tos, right? And then today we're going to ask God to reset our, our minds. That's our, our thoughts and our ideas. And I want us to look at, at Romans chapter 12. Um, I love this passage. You guys have heard me quote it several times. Um, Romans, we're going to go ahead and start with verse 1 so we kind of get a, a run and start into this. Uh, verse 2 is where we're going to camp for most of the day. Romans chapter 1 says, "Present." I'm sorry. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, so when we're talking about renewing or, or resetting our minds, really uh, what we're talking about is that we exchange the world's thoughts and attitudes for God's thoughts and attitudes. Let me say that again. When we talk about resetting or renewing our minds, we're talking about. Exchanging the world's thoughts and attitudes for God's thoughts and attitudes. Some of you may be thinking. Why do we need to do that? (laughs) Did I jump around on you? No, No, I didn't yet. Yes, I did. You're really good and following me. So why do we need to reset our minds? Why is that? Well. We, we can find it in verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to the world. We tend to be conformed to the world. Have you ever thought about that? Do, do you realize that we are heavily influenced by the world? Anybody? Or is it just me? I've lost my place now. Too many things different. I've got this light in my eyes. Um, I'm holding a microphone. So. Resetting our minds, God, we want you to reset our minds and, and and what we're really talking about is is rather rather than thinking like the world thinks, we want to think like God thinks or to put it a different way. We want our thinking to line up with God. Isn't that what you want? That, that's what I want. I want to reset my mind. I want to get away from the, the world's mindset and get back to God's mindset. Let me give you two examples of, of of how we have been influenced or or how we tend to be conformed by the world or to the world. Um and and, and I'll I'll do these quickly because one of them is my soapbox that takes a long time. Um, I, I was talking with someone earlier, uh having daughters, uh, you, you know, maybe you, you think about this a whole lot more, but so so here's the first one where we tend to be conformed to the world and uh, in, in, in the world's mindset rather than God's, and it's this, this thing called dating. Some of you knew where I was going, huh? This thing called dating. I have a lot of fun having these conversations with Christians uh, because we, we talk about this, and, and I'll just say, and I sound like some wacko pastor guy, you know, and, and you know that I am, but, but not, not so much. When I say um, in my family, we don't, my daughters don't date. And I was having this discussion with a, with a, a Christian lady. And, and, and so that the Christian lady, here's how this came up. Um, I, I was talking about that Hope and I had gone to go see the new star Wars movie. Any star Wars fans in here? Yeah. Uh, we'd gone to go see the new Star Wars movie. And this Christian lady says, I can't believe you're a pastor and you took your daughter to go see that. And we'll, we'll talk about this some more uh, in, in just a moment. You know, that, that's talking about, you know, th- this this almost Buddhism, this Eastern, you know, religious kind of stuff, you know, the force and all that. And I said, well, so I explained that to her and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I said, Uh, here's something that that most people don't think about, Um, dating. My my daughters don't date. And she said, well, how do they find a a husband? I said, well, that's what dads are for. No, (laughs) it's not not what I said. So so I'll make a really long story, not quite so long. No, I'm kidding. I'll, I'll shorten it for you. So so dating, first of all, um, uh, little kids may cover their ears just for a moment. The world's view of dating, are you ready? Dating equals sex. I know I said that word. So that's what you need to understand first of all, in our world, when they say that we're dating, that's included. All right? We're not going back to you know when when Cynthia and I. We're younger. We've been married 29 years. Got married when we were six. She doesn't like when I say that. We were older. We were seven and a half. So first of all, when we're talking the world's mindset, that's what dating is. Some of you are like, no, yes. Secondly, is so, so, so let's say, let's say that, that, that we've, we've, we've tweaked that a little bit as Christians and we've taught our kids that's not included in dating, right? That, that you draw the line well before then, um, we'll, we'll go really big, into holding hands. Until you're married, the most you can do is hold hands. Now, some of you know that won't work, but anyways, let's pretend holding hands and and the purpose of dating is to find a spouse, right? Because that's what this this Christian lady said. Is your seventh grader looking for a spouse? <laughs> she better not be. That's worse than dad picking him, right? But 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 let's say, let's say that 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 this is a, a learning thing, you know, for her that she's 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 preparing for a marriage. And so she, she's learning through this dating where the line is drawn at holding hands. Well, here's what she's learning. That she likes someone. She has feelings for them. And so she dates them and they hold hands until they don't get along anymore. And then they break up. Until another guy catches her eye. And, and mind you, all they did was hold hands. So, you know, we're well, well on this side of that line and she finds another guy and she likes him and he likes her and so they date and they do you know they they, they follow the the rules and all they the most they do is hold hands until they don't like each other anymore and then they break up now mind you you're she's preparing for marriage do you want your daughter to prepare for marriage that way Got real quiet. I told you, I'm going to try to make this short. This is just an example. This is not the message. So I, I just, I'll never forget the look on, on this Christian lady's face when I said my daughters don't date. Well, how are they going to find a husband? Well, not like that. <laughs> not like that. But, but that's what our world says. Our world says that we date to find someone that we're going to marry. And our world says that dating includes, you know, the other thing that I said a minute ago, and, and, and that, that we try it out, and if it doesn't work, then we move on to the next one, and we try it out, and it doesn't work. Listen, you and I both know um, if you've been married any length of time, that there's, there's one point, I'll pick on us guys, that men, we look at her, and she looks at us, and we say, this isn't working. And if you've prepared for dating that way, then you break up and you go find someone else. What the Bible says is when it's not working, you work on it. Yeah? In fact, let me just, I'll encapsulate it and then I'll move on. Some of you are like, I didn't know I was going to get into a dating message. This is just an example. That's like when you get 50 minutes into the message and it's only the introduction. No. So here's the biblical principle. Nowhere in Scripture can I find that you are called to pursue a romantic relationship with anyone but your spouse. Ever. Ever. If you find it, you show me. But nowhere in Scripture can I find are you called to pursue a romantic relationship with anyone but your spouse. You see you see the difference? Between the world and God? Let me give you the other one. This one ought to be a lot less. <clears throat> I don't know. It might be more uncomfortable for you. At least it won't have that S word in there. The parent child relationship. This is another one that could be my soapbox, but I'll, I'll make it short. The world says when your child is 18, they're on their own. They make their own decisions. That, that parents, you take your hands off and you let them go. Show me in Scripture where it says that. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Ten Commandments were written to a bunch of adults. And it says in there, honor your mother and your father. Not, we, we, now, we tell our kids that, and I'll tell my kid that now. Honor your mother and your father. And It's true. But nowhere in Scripture does that parent-child relationship end, ever. Now, maybe when we get to heaven, she didn't have to call me dad. It doesn't end. But the world says, no, no, when they're 18, they're on their own. When they're 18, no, no, we can't tell them what to do. You see, I'd rather look at it. Is, is our parent-child relationship, let's look how God deals with us. And, and so, uh, this might blow your minds a little bit, but you can, you can ruminate on this later. God's interactions to humankind have been through two, two ways. One, through his spirit, and the other, through his son, right? That's how God interacts in, in human, you know, humankind with us. Jesus, while he was here, he was teacher, and, and and so parents, when our kids are little, we're teacher. Oh no no no, you don't do that. No no, come here. You need to do this. No you, you no no you know. And and so we teach them, we show them, we instruct them. And and, and it's a, a very one on one relationship. Jesus and his disciples, it was that way. He taught them. One of the greatest lessons I think they ever learned is is when they fed the five thousand. Few loaves, few fishes. Gives them 12 baskets, breaks up in there, blesses it, and says, go feed them. And I bet they were shaking in their boots. I'm sorry, shaking in their sandals. And the more they went, I think the more they trusted. The more, now, 5,000 men, it says, besides the women and children. So 15,000 is a pretty conservative estimate. 15, 12 guys feeding 15,000 people. I bet you by the end, they were like, no, here, take more, take more. Take more. Jesus taught them he was teacher he was rabbi and he says when I go I'll ask the father and he he'll send a comforter to you that that word comforter uh, that they use a lot of times for Holy Spirit is it, it paraclete is the Greek but what it means is really a helper someone who's called alongside to help so for us when our kids are little we're teacher when they're grown we're helper but listen, as long as I am alive and as long as my daughters are alive, they're my daughters and I'm their daddy. And this one will always be my baby. So you, you get that? Now, some of you are going, you miss the teenage years. Yeah, we don't talk about those. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> when they're young, you're teacher. When they're grown, you're helper, but you're still mom and, Dad, the teenage years are a transition from teacher to helper, and that's why it makes them so hard. Does that make sense to you? Do you see why we need to be transformed? Do you see why we need a, a, a reset of our mind? The world informs, and, and, and I won't ask for a show of hands, but I bet you, I bet you, parents, you've thought that with your kids. Oh, they're 18 now. I can't tell them. No, they're on their own. They have to find their own way. Never in Scripture do you see that, ever, ever. We're always parent, always child. It changes, but it never ends. So so, so let's look. We, we want our thinking to, to line up with God. So what we want is we want God to reset our minds, right? I, I want to get back to that. I, I want to get away from the world's thinking, and I want to get back to God's thinking. So, so let me quickly give you three things, and, and we know that God has to do the work, right? I always want to make sure we understand that. God does the work of transforming. He does the work of renewing, or God has to do the work of resetting our mind. That's why we're asking him, God, reset my mind. But there's some things we can do that God will use to do this. So the first one is this. One, watch what goes in. Are you ready? How many of you know this song? I don't know the song, um, but I know the words. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see, for the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. You heard that song? Some of you are going to be singing that like the whole rest of the sermon. We need to watch what goes in. Now, now let me clarify, not like some of us watch our weight. I watch my weight. I stand on the scale and say, wow. And then I go back and eat some more. And then I come back and stand on the scale and go, wow. Not like that. What we need to do is we need to be discerning. We, we need to be careful about what we let come in. Philippians 4 8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about or think on these things. We need to be careful what goes into our minds. That means what you hear. Be careful little ears what you hear. Um, got your toes curled up? Anybody wear their steel toe boots this morning? Your music? Now I know for some of you, you're like, I gave up heavy metal long ago. Is what you listen to honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Be careful what you put in. I, I, we we did a study with the students um, a, a while back, and and a pastor in there was talking about this thing in a little bit different uh, context. And and he said and and then he said some words uh, that were demeaning for women. He he said it if you. I want you to go look at your playlist, and if any of your songs have any of these words in it, you need to delete those songs from your playlist. Then he paused a moment, and he said, I know what you're thinking. Some of you are going to think, I don't have any more songs left. But think about, think about what you listen to, what it's saying. And if it's not commendable, if it's not lovely, if it's not pure, if it's not just, get rid of it. I, I told you my dad's music was Who's Cheating Who and Who's Being True and Who Don't Even Care Anymore. And My favorite all-time, because some of you weren't here last week, my favorite all-time country western song. Are you ready? My wife ran off with my best friend, and I miss him. The stuff you listen to, what's it saying? Some of you are like, well... If I delete all that, I don't have anything to listen to. The second one, what do you see? We, we need to think about comes in. What, what you see. The movies you watch. The videos you watch. The TV shows you watch. What are they saying? What message are they, are they putting out that you're getting in? I, I did this a, a while back. Um, Totally changed the way that I watch TV, which isn't much anyways. Um, but but it was a particular thing that the world is pushing. I won't say what it is, but a particular thing the world is pushing. And I said, you know what? Any TV show that is that this is in, I'm not gonna watch it anymore. I can hardly find anything to watch these days. What you see. The other one is what you read. Some of you're like, "Oh, that's easy for me. I don't watch TV. I don't listen to music. It's what you read." And 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 I don't I'm not talking about that you're reading smut. Is that a word? I think it is. Um we, wow. I I don't even know if I should say this, but it, it it here we go. We went to a used bookstore yesterday in Las Cruces. And and I and I, I'm always interested now as I'm as I'm reading the genres because that's changing. I don't know if you know that. There's a paranormal romance genre now. Twilight, you know, kind of kind of did that. Vampires and werewolves, romantic, you know. Anyways, erotic romance. Well, that was one of their sections. Now I couldn't find leadership and I couldn't find management, but somehow I found that one. Be careful what you read. And, and and not just in that realm, but, but the, what is it espousing? What is it saying? What is the message that it's putting out? Now, I like Tom Clancy kind of novels. I like spy novels. I had to quit reading Tom Clancy. I don't think he wrote anymore. I think he already had a, another writer that was, was doing his stuff. I think it was The Bear and the Dragon was the last one that I read of his. Because it... it I had to throw in, you know, the, this, this one scene in there, I guess, It was the scene in my mind. It was words on a paper. Be careful what you read. Then the final one, be careful who you're with. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. I remember as a fairly new Christian, I was working construction. We were working on roofs. Man, if you want to know what hell's going to be like, you do roofs in Texas in the summertime, and, and it's, it's like a, you're getting there. And, and I, I, I think I hit my thumb with a hammer, and, and that was one of the cool things. God took God cleaned up my language. Just It was one of the things he did when I, when I became a Christian. But this word popped in my head, and I thought, where did that come from? And so I started listening, and all the guys, except for my best friend who was also a believer, I mean, you're hearing these words, you know, if you beeped them out, there wouldn't be anything but beeps when they talk. Be careful who you're with. It affects who you are. So, so the first thing is we need to watch what goes in. We need to be really careful about what we let come into our minds. If, if, we, want, if we don't want to be conformed to the world, then, then we need to be careful what we let come in. Here's the second thing. Filter everything through Scripture. The, the second part uh, of this passage we read, verse 2, the, the last part of that says, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. Listen, uh, l- let me give you two questions that, that you can ask yourself whenever you're watching, and, and this goes back to my conversation with the Christian lady. I can't believe you and your daughter went to go see Star Wars. I'm like, good grief, there's not like a bad scene in there. If they cussed, it was probably... Something you wouldn't even recognize as cussing anyways. Two questions. Filter everything through Scripture. Ask, what does the world say in this? And that's what we did. That we, I've done that for a long time with my kids. What does the world say? Star Wars. So what does that say about God? Well, it says God is this impersonal force. And he's in everything. And, 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 and there's, there's the good side of the force. And then there's also the dark side of the force. And and the the good side of the force couldn't exist without the dark side of the force, right? Use the force, Luke. I love it when I meet a girl named Destiny. So, hey, if you ever meet a guy named Luke, here's what you need to say. Luke, I'm your destiny. So what is... What does Star Wars say about God? What does Star Wars say about how you walk with him? What does Star Wars say about how you live? And the second question is this. So the first one is, what does the world say? The second one is, what does God say? So as we're watching Star Wars, you know, we're talking about our, here's what it says about God. What does the Bible say about God? The Bible says that God is a personal God who is active In the hearts and lives of men. And that you can know him. And that God exists on his own. There doesn't have to be a Satan for there to be a God. Doesn't. God has always existed. Satan is a created being. And so you, you can walk through those, but filter everything through Scripture. As you walk around, if we want to renew our minds, if we want to reset with our minds, start filtering everything through Scripture. Listen, you're going to start to see some big differences between what the world says and what God says. What you're going to find is that you're no longer becoming conformed to the world because you can recognize really quickly, you can be discerning, like it says in the last part of verse 2, discerning between, well, that's not right. L- let me give you a couple of examples uh, of the world pushing in. But if you, if you know what God says, immediately you'll, you'll find out. And I mentioned these before. One is this. God helps those who help themselves. Well, they said it on a little, little house on a prairie. It must be right. God helps those that help themselves. And when you know what God says right away, you're like, "Nah." <laughs> God helps those who cannot help themselves. See, here's the problem. We can't do anything about our sin. Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross if we could have fixed our sins. If we could help ourselves, then we wouldn't depend on God. And, and that's related to the second one. The second one is this. God will never give you more than you can handle. There's a Hebrew word for that, baloney. (laughs) Because when I read in Scripture, I see all the time God letting people get into a situation that they cannot handle. Why? Because they want, he wants them to trust him. Quick example, three guys, Shadrach and Benny, if you're a VeggieTale fan. Um, The Bible calls them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God never gives you more than you can handle, right? That's why he, he let them be thrown into the fiery furnace because we can handle that, can't we? It was heated seven times its normal temperature, and when the guys opened it, it incinerated them. Poof. Because we can handle that, can't we? No. The, the cool thing about that story is later on, he just got to love the Bible. The king looks in there and he says, hey, hey. How many guys do we throw in there? <laughs> well, everyone else is scared to answer anything the king asks by now. But they, one of them ventures and says, three, O king. Is that the right answer? <laughs> he says, well, there's four of them in there now. One of them looks like the son of God. You see, the truth is not that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. The truth is that God will carry us through the fire. He just wants us to trust him. Filter everything through Scripture. And that leads us to the final thing, memorize Scripture. It's kind of hard to filter stuff through Scripture when you don't know what Scripture says, right? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 and 6 say this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Memorize Scripture. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news for you. I'll give you the bad news first. You get to a certain age and your mind isn't quite as pliable as it used to be. They say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think you can. It just takes longer. So, so memorizing Scripture as a mature adult might be a little bit harder than it used to be, but you can still do it. How do I know? Uh-oh, I just messed up with my example. I was going to say because you have to have passwords for everything nowadays, but I know most of you enough to know that you forget your passwords all the time. I reset mine about every other week because I can't remember. You can. You just need to work at it. So, so the older you are, it's like learning a language. The older you are, the more you have to work at it. But you can still memorize Scripture. You get it into your heart by first getting it into your head. That's why we need to be careful what comes into our minds. Good news is this. The scripture that you memorize while you're young will stick with you. Most of the scripture that I remember I memorized as a 16-year-old kid. I know what you're saying. Well, that was only five years ago, Pastor Larry. So it will stick with you. 1 John 1.9. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Joshua one 8 we're going to talk about that next week. But this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it, for then will, you find, uh, then will your way be prosperous and then will you find success. 16-year-old kid memorized that, and a 52-year-old man still remembers. I'm talking about my my friend, not me. Memorize scripture. So, So be careful what you let in. Filter everything through scripture. And then work on memorizing scripture. God will use those things to renew or to reset your mind. And that's how we're changed. That's how God works in our hearts. That's how how he changes us and makes us into the image of Christ. Remember there were three things we talked about that are required for a reset. First is surrender. Some of you are like I got to quit listening to some things that I listen to. Maybe. I got to quit watching some of the TV shows that I watch. Maybe. I have to quit reading that book, but he's coming out with a new one. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's called surrender. You give it up to God. I've had to find some new t- Actually, I didn't have to find new TV shows. I just had to give up some of the ones I was watching. Surrender, the the second one is focus. And and really what we talked about here is just trusting Christ for everything. Setting your heart on him. Setting your mind on him. Paul says in Philippians, whatever's honorable, whatever's pure, whatever's just, whatever's commendable, set your mind on these things. Focus. And then the other one is to, to get rid of any distractions. and and maybe for today what that means is you just got to get rid of some stuff that that's going to pull me down for some it, it might be a friendship man those are hard i just i just got to step out of that friendship <laughs> there're two ways to do that one is you can go with them go and talk with them and tell them why um sometimes that goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. The second one's a chicken way out that I tend to do, and that is that you just kind of back off a little bit. Surrender, give it to God. Focus, that means we trust in Christ. Set our minds, our hearts on Him. And then get rid of whatever distractions or put into place whatever you need to put into place to make sure. That you're not letting things in that don't need to be in. Let's pray. Father, you are so loving toward us. I just love, uh, Lord, the way that, that you, you, you pull us along sometimes, that, that you, you guide us. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you that you convict us when we need to be convicted. And God, I, I pray that as we come to a time now where we respond to your word, Lord that you would give us courage and boldness. Maybe there's some things God that you're calling us to give up to you, to surrender, to let go. Lord, I pray that you'd give us the courage and the boldness to do that and Lord, if it's a friendship or any other relationship, I I pray that you'd give us the courage and the boldness to go to them and to appeal to them to to maybe be the one uh, Lord that that you use to speak to them. If it's something that we enjoy a movie or a book or a tv series or music lord just just give us the courage just to let those things go father i pray that you would help us to set our minds on christ to to fill lord um fill our minds with you to, to change uh the the world's Thoughts and attitudes for your thoughts and attitudes. And God, for some of us, that might mean putting things in place to keep us from going back. Maybe we just need to delete those songs. Maybe we just need to uh, drop cable or dish. Or maybe we just, whatever it is, Father, that we just, you give us the courage and the boldness to do that. And God, we pray that as we do, that, Lord, you would change the way we think. That you would reset our minds and and, and line us up back with you. Help us to think the way that you think. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're transformed by the renewing of your minds. Would you let God reset your mind? Would you be willing to do what you need to do to, to start that renewing? Second week of the year. It's not too late. We're just getting started. Would you do that today? My prayer is that you would. And, and maybe, maybe your prayer as you come to the Lord now is, God, you're going to have to help me do this. He will. When you pray things according to God's will, he always says yes. <laughs> always. God, you're going to have to love Help me let that go. He will. God, you're going to have to give me new music to listen to. He will. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you say, God, you're going to have to give me a new show to watch. He might say, why don't you try reading something? (laughs) My word. Whatever it is that God has spoken to you today, would you just respond to him as we stand together and sing?